Bibles with me and turn to the letter of 1 John. You'll find that in the back of your Bible. Uh, just after 2 Peter, just before Jude and Revelation, continue our sermon series through the letters of John. The great joy it's been. Today I'm going to preach 1 John chapter 2, verses 21 through 23. And as you turn there, I want to read Psalm 100, 3 through 5, by way of joyful introduction. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us. And we are His. And we are His people. And the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving, His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And His faithfulness to all generations. Amen? Pray with me. Thank you, Lord, for all that you are and all that you are doing. You are worthy to be praised. You are a good God. We are here because of you. You not only created us, but you sustain us. You purpose us for this day. I thank you, Lord, for the privilege to gather, to, to study your word, to have your revelation written in our language that we can know it uh, in all of its good, complete, and sufficient ways. Ready us for what is ahead. Convict us of what we need to move from. And motivate us to what we need to move to. We want to live in the truth. Know the truth and speak the truth in a world midst of lies and deception. Do your work in us to refine us today, to well up our faith in you, the good and holy God of all. We love you. We pray these things confidently because of Christ. Amen. God's good and enduring revelation to us is such a joy. And I'm thankful to spend this time with you today. As we jump into verse 21 of chapter 2, John is loving the redeemed by driving home the certainty they should have in Christ. In the midst of people who are anti-Christ, against Christ, in the midst of a world full of lies and, and deception, we need to be certain that we are indeed in the truth. L listen to his words. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it. And because no lie is of the truth. Here John is grounding the beloved in the fact that they know the truth, and lies don't come out of the truth. As we saw last week, we are anointed, we who belong to Christ are anointed with the Holy Spirit, and therefore we have a right view and conviction for the truth of God. Our eyes have been opened, our ears have been unstopped. Christians, we are no longer enslaved to our former depravity and sin, but we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to live out our new identity in Christ. This new spiritual reality means we now can live for Christ by the power of the living God instead of living for our passions, the passions of the flesh that were once controlled by our sinful depravity. We need to know this. 
Paul agrees as he writes in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Ephesians 4.25, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. In Christ we are able to put away the falsehood that was linked to our sin. And we now walk in and know the truth. Church, we need to see our identity in Christ better than we do so that we live it out better than we have. To give too much credit to defeated, the defeated power of the flesh is it's lame. And too often that's where we're at. We, 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 we give the flesh too much credit. We give it too much authority. Not enough credit to the reigning power of the Holy Spirit at work within you. To have the truth and for it to move you. To have brothers and sisters love you enough to point you to truth. And to have it move you out of your excuses, out of your, your mundane, fleshly living. To live a Holy Spirit-empowered life, even in the midst of great struggle. Even in the midst of, of great oppression. We thrive in Christ. John says, no lies of the truth. The late theologian, Pastor John Gill, says, A lie is a voluntary disagreement of the mind and speech with a design to deceive. It is to speak that which is false and is contrary to truth. Understand with me today, a lie is a lie is a lie. To lie is to sin. No lie is of the truth. There is no variation of wickedness in a lie like many like to believe there is or even say there is. The concept, for example, of a white lie it is an example of someone who believes that like, it has lesser consequence. In some ways, maybe it's permissible compared to a bad lie. That's really a no-no. Understand with me, a lie has no color. It has no gradation. The widest lie is as black as death. To deceive on any level is to deceive. Period. Why do people lie? Why do we lie? And what we have to see is our underlying motivation to lie. The core roots for why is really linked to idolatry. Romans 1.21 For although they knew God, they did not honor God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Paul says then why we turn to lies in verse 25, Romans 1.25, Because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. At its core, we lie 
because we want something more than God. I want you to really think about the weight of that for a moment with me. That's not a small statement. That we long for something on the horizontal so much that I believe by lying it will either help me keep it or to attain it. And I'm given to it. I'm caught up in it. Why do people lie to in a job interview to try to get a job? Because they believe they need that job so much that they will dishonor Christ and deceive another to get it. Why do kids lie to their parents? Because they don't want punishment so much that they'll dishonor God and deceive their parents in order to try to avoid punishment. Why do people cheat on their taxes? Because they believe that having more money or they've created a narrative in their mind by which they're justifying why they should cheat the system. And so they lie and manipulate instead of honor God in the truth. The Lord is clear to give to Caesar what is Caesar's. We may hate the system of taxation or some of those things that are there, as long as we're not dishonoring God in the ways that we've called been called to. We don't get to justify lying to live within it. Why do people lie to their spouse? Because they think superficial harmony in a relationship will be a greater prize to them than honoring God. So do you see the exchange that's made in every one of these examples? And I could go on and on. There is a value, a a satisfaction, an identity, a security that we are looking for in something in creation more than in God. If Christ is enough, if you are truly satisfied in Him, secure in Him, firm in your identity in Him, then you don't need to lie. Then you will be an obnoxious truth liver. Editing team's going to pick at that sentence later. That's all right. You, you, you get it? You just, I, I, I just rest in who I am in Christ and His sovereign hand in my life. And if bearing the truth equals this, okay, then so be it. I, I'm going to honor Him. I love Him. I love my security in Him. I love my identity in Him. I love my joy in Him. I'm not going to exchange that for something temporary, something in creation. So this is why John's trying to emphasize that the believers know the truth. Because you've come to know and cherish and love and live for God. And so you get to get out of the lying game. I've been praying for you all this week. I just pray that you would see this more clearly, and it would be good for you. Brother, sister, 
who belongs to Christ see the demise of our hearts and our testimony when we give ourselves over to our old ways in sin and choose to lie or choose to believe lies. When we choose to value the horizontal thing more than what we have in God. See the adultery we commit when we essentially throw God away and chase after momentary joys, pleasure, status, security, avoidance of consequences in this time and place. Listen how serious Jesus was about this. He said of those who stood against him, John 8, 44, You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. And what was he like? He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Satan, the father of lies, as I like to say, he's the doctor of deception. Why? Because the truth is not in him. He doesn't stand for truth because the truth belongs to God and he's against God. Satan opposes him. So he's not upright. He's always manipulating. He's always looking for self-gain. It's his character. He lies because he's a liar. Because he has no truth. He's depraved. If Satan is the father of lies, God is the father of truth. Jesus, the word of truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. John 14, 6. I just ask you today, do you want to know the truth? Do you want to walk in the truth and no longer in deception? Some of you, that's serious business. You don't like being conned. You don't like being manipulated. And so you long for the truth. If you really want the truth, then you really need Jesus. You need to be reconciled to God who is truth. You need to become a child of God. A blood-bought part of His family by trusting your life to Jesus and turning from your sin. See, we all belong to a family. Even if you never knew your family, you have a family. You belong to a family. You have a heritage. They have a story. Some have invested thousands of dollars and many years of their lives to find their family. For some of you, your true family is not your biological family because a family loved you as their own and then formally made you a part of their family through adoption. Now you are truly and fully a part of that family. That is marvelous. And how much more marvelous is it than that the true, holy, perfect God sought, saved, and adopted wicked, selfish sinners like you and me to be part of His forever family. See, at the end of the day, you belong to one of two spiritual families. The devil's family 
or God's family. For those outside of Christ, those still Lord of their own lives, see to it that in this you are anti-Christ. You're against Him. We saw last week Him say very clearly, if you're not for me, you're against me. You are desperate to see the truth in the state of your sin, the truth that belongs to Christ alone. To see the reality of your position outside of Christ, outside of salvation. To see your devotion to what is self-serving, to, to what is of creation only. If it be God's gracious will to give you eyes to see and ears to hear, even if you've heard it a thousand times, may it be today, may it be soon, that you repent and believe and are saved and forever a part of His family. For those of you who are in Christ, those of you who are saved, you're a part of God's forever family. John is saying, you know the truth. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it. What is the truth? It is Jesus. In a world full of spiritual immaturity, false doctrine, fleshly deceit, we are desperate for truth. John is saying, you who are in Christ, you know the truth. How is he so sure? Because of who Christ is. Not because you're really awesome. You know, someone comes up to you and says, how do you know the truth? Because I know God. Because He's the source. Because through His grace and through the work of Jesus, I've come to know Him. Everything else is under Him. Every other idea, philosophy, every other thing you might try to put under your feet as a foundation for your life is below Him. Why not go to the source, to the truth? Jesus said most clearly in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When Jesus says, I am the truth, he's saying that all other philosophies, postmodernism, existentialism, secular humanism, all other man-made ideas and ideologies, all other religions, Islam, Buddhism, Mormonism, Judaism, will fail to arrive at the ultimate truth. Why? Because the truth is only found in Jesus. And therefore, no man-made ideology or man-made religion is true. Christian rather than acting like children who are tossed to and fro by the waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes, we who belong to Christ walk and speak the truth. 
When Jesus says, I am the truth, it is meant to be revolutionary in our lives as we trust in and honor him. Why? Because you finally have true north. John's telling the believers, you know the truth. This is, the, this is only possible because of the faith that God has granted you. 2 Timothy 2.25, correcting his opponents with gentleness, God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth. Salvation in Jesus is the only place to have true knowledge of the truth. It's the only place to have that begin in you. You were blind before that. Lost, enslaved in sin. Right? You, you, you were drunker than drunk. And so you had no truth. You were of no help to anyone else. Spiritually. Salvation is rooted in repentance and faith in Jesus, who is truth, who is life. You're anchored to Him. If you don't begin with God, you can't be certain about the truth that you think you know. Because the real foundation is Him. Pastor Steve says it this way. You can't be right about something I'm sorry, you can be right about something and you can believe something to be true. But if you deny God, then you can't justify the truth you claim to know and you can't know that you are correct about it because you're depending on your own understanding. You lack the source. You lack the foundation. This is why the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, as it says in Proverbs 1.7. Scripture is clear. The only way we can know truth is if God grants us salvation to know Him. God is our ultimate standard, and since His revelation of truth is given to us in His written Word, most fully and primarily, then we also declare Scripture to be the ultimate standard of truth. The ultimate standard of truth. God's Word. Even in many years of being a Christian by God's grace, being raised in the church, being a full-time minister of the gospel for over two decades now, I still even have those moments like, what would my life look like if not Jesus? And what would I put my feet down on? And everything else is just a roll of the dice. What am I standing on? There is a, a peace, a, a wisdom, a, a freedom that comes with resting in God's written word, proven, verified through the generations, moving, changing lives like nothing else. John tells those he's writing to that they know truth. 
He's saying the one who is truth, Jesus, is your Savior. You know Him. And so I ask you, church, is this game-changing in your life? How often are you guilty of losing sight of this? Guilty of, of, of standing in a dark forest, wondering, which way do I go? How do I get out of here? All the while holding this. We can't, we can't be guilty of that. We shouldn't be. We're reminded of the truth that's been given to us and it's a value to us. It is light in the darkness. So it's game changing. So I stopped treating the word church, discipleship, as a great part of my week, but it's just that. It's just a compartmentalized. No, it's like, how central should this be if I really get it? And, and how guilty am I of dismissing it to the margins so often to stay busy with that which is temporary? You know the truth because the one who is truth has given you faith and repentance in the same way that salvation is secure in Christ. The truth is also secure in Christ. Because He is the truth. He is the one who's given it to us in His written word. And He cannot err. Amen? Again, don't, don't have your grounding be in you. It's in Him. But you've got to know this. You can finally find your way in Christ alone. We who belong to Christ can finally live and speak truth. We who belong to Christ must live and speak truth in all we do. It is our testimony. Look at verse 22. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. This is not John's first announcement of those who prove to be liars, even those who are among them, right? He's been speaking about this from the beginning of the letter. Let me remind you, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 6, he, John said that they lied about having fellowship with God. In John 1, 8 and 10, they lied about not committing sins. In 1 John 2, 6, they lied about living in God. In 1 John 2, 9, they lied about being in the light. And now John states that they're lying about the fact that Jesus is indeed the true Christ. It's a lie because they claim to be good with God, and yet Scripture is clear you cannot be good with God and not have trusted yourself completely to Jesus, which is the only way to God. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? The truth is these antichrists are guilty of denying the truth that Jesus is the Christ. What's that word Christ? It means Messiah. It's the promised royal redeemer. The one God promised would save his people from their sins. Promised in the beginning and waited for throughout the generations. The problem is these false teachers, they actually went further than denying that Jesus was just not the Messiah. 
They deny that Jesus was eternally God. They deny that he was incarnated. And so with the popular Gnostic view of the day, they believe that Jesus had a beginning and an ending. Just like you and I do. That he was not eternally God was their belief. But scripture is clear that that's not the case. Look with me. Let's take a moment to understand what is the truth. Paul speaks to the Colossians about this in in chapter 1, verse 17. Speaking about Jesus, he says, He is before all things. You can't be before all things and then be created. This affirms the second person of the triune Godhead, Jesus, has eternally existed as God the Son. There was never a time which Jesus was not the Son of God. He's always, there's always been a father-son relationship in the Godhead. This doctrine recognizes that sonship is not merely a title or a role that Christ took on at some specific point in history to serve a specific purpose, but that it is an essential identity of the second person of the Godhead. Jesus is and always has been God the Son. Jesus speaks of the relationship in, in places like John 16, 28. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I'm leaving the world and going to the Father. John 17, 5. Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I have with you before the world existed. That's a big one. Church, Jesus is eternal, and he's unchanging. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus is the same Yesterday and today and forever. This is an important clarity so that we don't diminish Christ's supremacy and believe any heresy about his eternality, that he's a created being, as many false religions promote, false teachers, to promote that it's somehow he's lesser than God the Father in glory and eternality. Turn with me briefly to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, the very beginning of your New Testament. You're at the end of the New Testament right now. Go to the beginning. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the fourth Gospel. Chapter 1, verse 14, is this glorious moment by which John speaks clearly of the incarnation of Jesus. And the Word, that's reference to Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The living God, the Son, took on human form and a human nature. This is the doctrine of the Incarnation. And good news, church, that that which was eternally invisible became visible. The Incarnation does not mean that God dwelt in a man but that God the Son became a man. He took on flesh. To understand the Incarnation rightly, Jesus became that... He became what He was not previously, though He never ceased to be all that He was before. The babe that's conceived by the Holy Spirit in Mary and born in Bethlehem, is named Emmanuel, God with us. The one true God, church, is not distant and far off, but near. He came to us to save us. 
now intercedes for us. Jesus, who is God, but put on flesh and a human nature. The fact that Jesus is fully God and became fully man is so important to our salvation. And His redemptive work as the Messiah, because He had to be made like us in every way to be our representative, and He had to be without sin to be our worthy atonement for our eternal standing with God. Hebrews 2.17 Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Jesus had to be made like us. That's the incarnation. He took on meat. That's the root word, carne. Don't get hungry for lunch yet. We'll get there. Look back at a little further at John 1, 1 through 3, in the beginning was the Word. Again, that's referencing Jesus. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things that were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. If Jesus is in the beginning, then He Himself was without beginning. He was there. He's eternal. Again, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed, before the beginning. John 17, 5. If Jesus is in the beginning, that is before all creation, then He Himself is not created. Confirming His absolute deity and eternality. These are essential truths of Christian doctrine. Essential truths about Jesus, our Lord and Savior, who our faith is built on. Jesus is the one who is able, more than able, to teach us, command us, model life for us, substitute Himself in our place in death, pay for our sin to satisfy God's wrath, do us, rise again to conquer death, thereby being the firstborn of the redeemed. He is Jesus, the Christ. He is eternally the Son of God, When everything that has a beginning began, He was there. Oh, how we should worship Him. Amen? Back to our passage, verse 22. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. The fact that those who stood against Christ were denying these fundamental truths about Jesus made them false teachers. They're telling lies, not the truth. And as they're promoting lies and deception and false understanding about who God is, they were worse than false teachers. They were heretics. Because their lies were about the fundamental truths of God aimed to lead people astray of the true gospel unto damnation. We must always be on guard for false teaching and heretical error as its aim is to lie about God and to lead other people astray. A false teacher is a person who claims to teach the truth of God but teaches it falsely or twists the Scriptures with the aim of self-benefit or to lead others to another gospel. 
2 Peter 2.1, false prophets rose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. This is why, church, we're so serious about you being careful and disciplined about what you read. Right? So many of the books in a Christian bookstore are filled with nonsense. Who you watch. Pretty globally, I say, don't be turning on pastors on TV. Most of them are full of nonsense. Who you're listening to. You can use the internet to search and to read and to go find people, but you've got to vet them. What is their history? What's their reputation? Do they stand on the full truth of God, the historic orthodox faith, these are things that must be tested or you can quickly be led astray. I just say, sheep, you have shepherds for a reason. Lean on us. Don't don't run out of the fold and go try to find these things on your own. That's a dangerous venture. Together in unity, let us have checks and balances to seek the Lord together in His truths. Peter's trying to widen the eyes of the beloved for the falsehood that we need to watch out for. Not just those who are claiming new revelation as authoritative, but anyone who falsely teaches about God's word and ways. Peter introduces a certain level of false teaching here called heresy. The King James Version translation there says damnable heresy, which is really... That's what heresy is. Heresy is false teaching that leads to damnation. It's, it's false teaching about fundamental truths. If you believe those things, you have a, a false gospel. You, you're not, you don't have salvation. You don't have the true God. Error is different. A false belief or doctrine that goes against Scripture not leading to destruction. There can be levels of error that people have or teach that's not heresy. Heresy is such an error or offense to God, it causes someone to believe in another God or another gospel. That's why it's important that we identify and avoid and warn of heresies because of the level of their destruction. It's a matter of life and death. You're promoting life through biblical truth or you're promoting death through man-made heresy. This is why it's damnable and falsehood that leads people to destruction and we have to take it serious. It's why we don't join the Christian culture that says just ease up on people. Why I got to be so critical? Well, I'm not trying to be critical outside of the fact that I love people enough to say that what they're learning or teaching is damnable heresy. I'm not loving them to leave that alone. Right? The heresy or error of misbelief that Jesus is not eternally God the Son, or that He did not incarnate or fulfill the work of the promised Messiah, was not just defective theology, it was diabolical theology. That word diabolical means of the devil. Church, we're at war. Our enemy, Satan, doesn't want people to repent and trust in Jesus for salvation. 
His aim is to convince them to believe in lies, to build their lives on lies and false teachings instead of on the only one who truly saves unto eternal life with God, Jesus. This is plainly said by Jesus himself. John 3, 36, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Jesus or everything else is wrong. This is John's emphasis. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. Now look at verse 23 with me. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. So it's essential that we understand that there is only one way to the Father and eternal glory, and that is Jesus Christ. To deny Jesus is to deny any way to life with God and forgiveness for sins. And it's not just the name Jesus. You don't get to create a different or teach on a different person, call him Jesus, and then say, see, that's good. We have Jesus. There's a lot of religions that that's what they do. And there's a lot of people who kind of look to those religions and go, oh yeah, they're on our team. They believe in Jesus. No, they don't. Not the Jesus of the Bible, but the Jesus that some, some extra biblical teaching inspiration has redressed and turned into something different. Therein lies the deception. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit are inseparable. They are eternally one. To deny Jesus is to not have the Father. This is John's point. Listen to Matthew eleven twenty seven. 27. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son. And anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him give us saving faith. John twelve forty four. Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in Him who sent me. Father. John 14, 9, Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still don't know me, Philip? And so how does he qualify that Philip doesn't know him? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show me the Father? Philip is trying to separate the Son from the Father, going, I know you, but I don't know him. And he's going, no, you don't know me. Because if you know me, you know him. Because we're inseparable. We're one. We must see that only God the Son can represent and reconcile us to God the Father. We saw this in the opening of this very chapter. Look with me, 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, he says, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Who's the advocate? The only one who gets us to the Father? Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 2.5 For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Christian, if there's any part of you that even in this very sermon is going, okay, we get it, can we move on? Do we? And if we do, we need to really get it. 
Because the variance that is so commonly per- propelled or sold or, or pitched towards you, your, your spouse, your kids, is nuanced unto gross error. To deny the Father and or the Son is to deny God. It is to be anti-Christ. This is the Antichrist. He who denies the Father and the Son. Now let's see the positive side of what John is saying here. We find it at the end of verse 23. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. So I ask you, have you confessed, claimed, committed yourself to Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord alone? You must have or you only have death do your sin. You must, or you don't know the Father. Listen to Paul's famous words in Romans 10.9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Praise be to God. For he saves so many undeserving sinners to new life with him because of Christ's sacrifice in our place. Confess Jesus alone as Savior and Lord. Believe and be saved. Saved from your sin and made a forever part of God's family. This is my constant loving plea. Let me wrap up with this point of warning for our beloved disciples' family. God's Word is consistently calling God's children to be alert, to be aware, to be on guard for false teachers who want to pervert these things. We have to take that serious. We have to take the truth serious. We don't get to play light with this just because those people happen to be really close to you. We don't get to play light with it because God got other things that you're needing to focus on lately and you've been really busy with it. No, we don't get to put this off. This is central. Sometimes the way they pervert the truth is by tweaking them just so slightly. And they do this to essentially create another gospel. So don't let them say, hey, you're saying Jesus and I'm saying Jesus, we're good. No, no, no. What is the gospel that you're saying? What's the gospel that I'm saying? One of them's true, according to Scripture, and one of them's false. They don't both get to be true. We must stay committed to a faithful, historic teaching and understanding of God's Word. Listen to John's warning again. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist. He who denies the Father and the Son. No one one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. The most dangerous ones are the ones who claim to be for Jesus, but in the end they're really against Him. This is what John's really getting at here. 
If you're not for Jesus, the incarnate Son of the living God who came and lived in all perfection, stood in the place of sinners for the total and complete redemption of sins, He rose from death and now stands in perfect unity with God on our behalf. He was and is and is to come. If you're not for this Jesus, the true, eternal Jesus, or you're about Jesus, but you've added something to Him, you're believing a false gospel. And you essentially are against Christ. If you add anything to Jesus to be saved, you have falsified the gospel. The gospel is not Jesus plus water baptism. The gospel is not Jesus plus your denominational tradition. The gospel is not Jesus plus speaking in tongues. The gospel is not Jesus plus your good deeds. If you believe in the Holy Scriptures or the authoritative Word of God, but you add the revelation of Joseph Smith, you are anti-Christ. If you believe in the Holy Scriptures as the authoritative Word of God, and you add the teachings of Charles Taz Russell and the Watchtower Society of the Jehovah's Witnesses, you are anti-Christ. If you believe in the Holy Scriptures, plus the science and health of Mary Baker Eddy and the Christian scientist, you are anti-Christ. If you believe in the Holy Scriptures, plus the authority of the Roman Catholic Church, you are anti-Christ. It is teaching a different gospel. It doesn't matter how closely dressed it feels like it is. The good news of the Holy Scriptures is clear. We need Jesus, and that's all. New life with God is ours only because of Christ's finished work in our place. It's finished. Salvation is His work, not mine. Salvation is not His work and mine. The question today for you and your life is, are you for Jesus and only Jesus? Because anything you add or substitute for Christ Jesus for salvation and faith makes you anti-Jesus. It is a lie. It is not the truth. Church, we need to see and know the difference between truth and lies. We need to see and know the difference between the Bible and other man-made writings and teachings. I want you to be diligent for the truth. Anytime someone is trying to make it weirdly difficult, let it be a red flag. Anytime someone is trying to downplay the Scriptures or upplay logic or advice or experience, special revelation, let it be a red flag. John says, be warned of those who are anti-Christ. They do not promote certainty in Jesus. But church, you know the truth. Be certain in Him. Be certain in His written, revealed Word. Be certain as you hope in Christ alone and not Christ plus anything else. Are you doing that lately? Is your testimony for a long time saying Jesus is enough? Salvation is in Christ alone. Look at me. But lately... You're also playing this game of like, but this thing, if this thing would just work itself out, if this thing would just go my way, 
then I'll be good. Christian, don't do that. Build hope, rest in Jesus alone. And be ready to be used by Him, to serve Him, to make much of Him, no matter what it is you're facing. Don't let the flesh begin to get hold of that steering wheel. It's toxic. Know and live in the joy of Christ. Let your faith go to work in Christ alone. Jesus is better than everything else. The world or the deceiver is pitching. Don't buy their counterfeit gospels. Trust in and rest in Christ alone. May it be so. By his grace and for his glory. Amen. Pray with me. Lord, you are so gracious. We are... Maybe you have just lavished upon us. I mean, the, the level of comfort, the level of ease, um, so many things working together just even to be here today. Um, the, the ease of being able to sit here through this sermon and, and just get to really just focus on you. We just thank you for those blessings. We are not worthy of them. We, you don't, um, we're not deserving of them, but, but you have richly blessed us in these common ways. And, and I just pray that we'd make the most of it. I pray that there'd just be this growing joy in the Lord, growing fervor in, in our faith, um, growing view of the way our flesh is at work to, to turn from it unto what is righteous and what is selfless and, and loving and, and righteous. And, and just, we need you, God. We need you for it all. Thank you for this church family, the unity that we're growing. I, I pray against any of the ways that division is happening and um, just that we would repent of that. We'd turn from it. We wouldn't let it have its way. We'd just trust you. We'd, we'd be united and leaning in together to walk together, to serve you together. Jesus is so good. He's better than anything else. Let that be true in, in the deepest parts of our soul, but not just truth that we hang our hat on, but truth that then finds its way to, to live its way and, and to be what we speak and the way we respond to life day in and day out. Let that bright faith go to work in many who are dead in sin and needing life in Christ. Many of our future adopted brothers and sisters in Christ, what a joy to see your family growing and to be part of it. We love you. We worship you. In truth, hear us now as we sing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.